Welcome to Below the 49th, my perspective on my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Today's title, 230 covers big tech, but what is parlor? The Senate Judiciary Committee held hearings last week to question social media monopolies. They referenced Section 230, a federal law and part of the Communication Decency Act. Legislation passed in 1996 providing immunity from civil prosecution by third parties regarding website publishers. Its purpose is to protect impartial social media content message boards, allowing for a neutral facilitator of free speech to exchange and post ideas and opinions. This in conjunction with the promise to, in good faith, protect against obscene, indecent or excessive, violent, hate or harassment speech and illegal matters that contravene copyright laws. I mean, it really is an extension of the communication decency law, uh, but I digress. The Senate Committee on the Hill, they summoned CEOs of the biggest online tech firms. In Zoom attendance was uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Senators Mike Lee and Ted Cruz were standout members who grilled the two CEOs as to the level of censorship and power their monopolies have on the platforms they control. Regardless of your political leaning, the importance of the hearing, importance I should say of the hearing, was to question big tech's control, their control to censor and affect the free flow of political opinion and content. These senators made accusations of biased political favoritism, suggesting systemic unfair censorship. A standout example, actually, was the tweets from America's number one circulated newspaper, the Democratic-leaning New York Times who speculated for days on rumors about the president's tax returns with, with no flags and no hindrance, while Twitter immediately eliminated any post from America's third largest newspaper, Republican-leaning the New York Post, and that on the subject of the Hunter Biden laptop controversy. So Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey admitted that Twitter took down the Hunter New York Post tweets, but after reconsidering, and a huge public outcry, I might uh, add, Dorsey admitted that Twitter made a mistake and allowed the story to appear on Twitter. After this admission, the point was made that when Twitter eventually did allow the Hunter laptop story to be reposted, advanced voting had already taken place. Other Americans commented that they had no idea of the Hunter story at all. Not surprising, since mass media suppressed the story, and the broadcast news media gave no national TV coverage, not even cable news. It was Hunter Radio silence. That is, other than the evil Fox News, of course. Right. Anyways, further, other Americans commented that if they knew about the Hunter story, it could have affected how they voted. Now, before I stop hearing you screaming, whether that's a legitimate assumption or blatant speculation, it's like the groundhog seeing a shadow, or maybe, or maybe not. It depends on the weather. Give it a rest. But what it does alert to is a broader and more menacing fact, and that's the power and authority of a supposed free platform to arbitrarily eliminate posts from the fourth largest circulated newspaper in America because they can. Think about this. As big tech regularly flags and imposes safeguards on what they believe is disinformation, assuming that selective comments are tools of manipulation based on the metrics that is so bad that it must be suppressed. Goodness, 
I mean, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has previously stated that they are not arbitrators of truth, but instead their intention is to connect the dots of conflicting statements and show the information in dispute so people can judge for themselves. I sound like William Shatner in The Unexplained. I mean, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg said, Facebook establishes a social media community jury ah, where people are judged by their peers, supported with an army of 35,000 global independents, the content soldiers who make determinations and calls. He commented that people want to eliminate disinformation. I mean, it's, it's even hard to say. Hence why Facebook is empowered, ready for this, content moderation policies and integrity teams. <laughs> that would be an ominous business card, don't you think? I mean, but, but these teams, these teams really, are empowered as third-party arbitrators to evaluate and prevent hate speech. Hate speech? But the real elephant in the Senate room on the Hill was the presumption that the Palo Alto media are prejudiced toward re Republican opinions. To some, that sounds like a bad lyric from the 70s disco tune, Feelings. Nothing more than feel poor Morris Albert, <laughs> to be remembered by that team. It's going to stick in my head and main buzz. Uh, as the internet now is really a legitimate form of commerce, particularly with politics, uh, a site's existence is reliant on the free and unfettered access of general clicks. But controversial Republic opinions have resulted in suppression, warning labels, defunding, deplatforming, demonetizing, limiting of the platform's reach, and to the extent of complete suppression. Imagine that. In session, on the Hill, Utah Senator Mike Lee cited, really revealing stats about Facebook and, and Twitter's political alliances. Check this out. Where 92.8% of Facebook employees donated to a federal Democratic candidate. Let me see if I'm reading this right. And 99.3% of Twitter employees also donated to a federal Democratic candidate. Hmm. Remember, this is a U.S. senator in session on the Hill on camera quoting these stats. Really? With numbers like that, how hopeful is a Republican you know, standing in front of the Facebook, Twitter judge and jury? Kind of like a guilty verdict is perceived before the evidence has even been presented. Do you think? So is big tech then really acting like a publisher? If they take independent platforms, commentary, use the immense power to censure and arbitrarily impose a self-determined, respective perspective on political bias and move against it, effectively eliminating the ability of the post to be promoted based on the sole discretion, it smells like a publisher, kids. Now, as an outsider, I want to read as much as I can. I want to filter the dreck out and challenge what is perceived as fact or truth. I want to make that decision for myself, not empower a platform to do it for me. I mean, if you watch a political news story on CNN and then the same topic on Fox, many times they are diametrically different in posture. But it's the same story. Neither is wrong, but as we know, they each skew their interpretation to a viewer base. So literally, to gain perspective, you got to watch at least two you know, news programs each night. Drives my wife crazy. So what's the alternative platform to the behemoth Twitter then? Well, it's called Parler, and it admits it leans a little right. Parler, created in 2018 by John Matz, is a Twitter-style media platform which currently has over 3 million subscribers, and it's growing exponentially as an option. 
The platform represents that it passionately protects the free speech of all posts. Many parliament members are ardent conservatives, including many current elected members. Interesting. As the Twitter and Facebook and Parler move, each one of them have posts that I fundamentally disagree with. But we must as the end client, reserve the right to decide what we wish to read and ultimately believe in. You and I have the ability to call any content pitches as balls or strikes because we are our own umpires of our game. We can delete, we can move on, and we, the market, will ultimately determine the winner and it is our power. It's our decision, not the self-empowered platform, to decide for us. Parler says it's a fresh and fair alternative and many new members tend to agree as they migrate. On a personal note, this Below the 49th will be an interesting test to see if Sergeant Dedenko from the Content Moderation Integrity Team will allow this post to be promoted. Hmm. Mind you, there won't be any problem if I put it on Parler. Finally, please like and share and kindly subscribe. If you leave a comment, I try to answer everyone. I thank you for those considerations. And until next time, God bless and stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49th.